Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Hello, welcome to Inside Indiana Sports, now with Kent Sterling. It's Monday, August 16th, 2021. We're brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist in the world. Give him a call, 317-849-2933 is the number. Punch subscribe, hit the like button, ring the bell, let's go, let's talk about sports. News breaking out of the Indianapolis Colts this afternoon. Carson Wentz, according to Frank Reich, he's starting rehab this week. That is great news. That's at the very, very front end of the possible timeline for him to start rehab. Hopefully, that puts him on the field September 12th. Because no matter what you saw yesterday or think you saw yesterday, if you saw somebody that you are confident can be the starting quarterback for the Colts on September 12th against the Seahawks, you're mistaken. Jacob Eason, Sam Ellinger, neither was great, neither was bad. Both showed you what they are. Sam Ellinger, a game manager with really good feet. He can, he can dissect a defense a little bit, but he's not a guy who's going to lead you to a lot of dynamic play and wins. Jacob Eason, a guy who's going to be plotting in the pocket. He got sacked three times in the first half, once a strip sack that directly led to points for the Carolina Panthers. The Colts, they got the win yesterday, but nobody's going to remember that. Whatever happens this Saturday night as the Colts take on the Minnesota Vikings up in the Twin Cities, we're going to wash clean the board from the Panthers game and look at the Colts anew. That's the way it is. Carson Wentz needs to be the starter on September 12th if the Colts are going to be competitive in that game and moving forward. Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger, if they are ever ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, it is not going to be on September 12th. There is just too wide a gap between where they are and where they need to be. Jacob Eason being ranked at the very, very top of the pylon for pro football focus. People playing this past week at the quarterback position, utterly meaningless. Look, over the course of a season, pro football focus is a really nice tool. Over the course of a quadrant of the season, you've got a big enough sample size that you can kind of discern good from bad. 
playing one half of football with one guy kind of evaluating what Jacob Eason did and grading him, that's utterly meaningless. It doesn't mean a thing. And I'd say the same thing if Sam Ellinger had uh, been the guy at the top of the at the top of the throwing charts, at the top of the QB charts for Pro Football Focus. It's a tool to use as you evaluate. It is not the end-all, be-all in terms of football evaluation. Carson Wentz is the guy you need under center September 12th. Going out and getting a veteran like Krabby said you need to? No, no, no. Here's what you get as a veteran. Either you overpay because you're hysterical, like the Colts overpaid back in the day, for Jacoby Brissett. They gave up Philip Dorsett, right? Got Jacoby Brissett. That was an overpayment for a guy who was never going to lead you to the playoffs as a starter. Nick Foles, you look at Nick Foles. People look at the Bears and they've got Dalton and they've got Justin Fields. And okay, so what are they going to do with Nick Foles? Well, you know why Nick Foles is still with the Chicago Bears? Because he has an absolutely dunderheaded contract with the Bears. The Bears gave him a lot of money and a lot of it's guaranteed. 14 million virtually of dead money this year. All right, so you've got to carry that on your balance sheet. Or if you do trade for Nick Foles and you really wouldn't have to give up anything, the Bears would love to get that contract off their books. If you just take that contract, right? You know what you get? You get next year too. He's got like $7.66 million coming to him next year in terms of cap space. It's $4 million in salary, a $4 million roster bonus. The salary is guaranteed. The roster bonus is not guaranteed. If you cut him after this season, you still have to apply $7.66 million to your cap. Unless Nick Foles is willing to restructure his contract, there's no way he's going to be moved. That's why he hasn't been moved. And why would he restructure his contract? He's got millions and millions and millions of dollars coming to him for doing nothing this year and doing nothing next year. That's okay. You know what? You want to pay me really what amounts to $8 million for the next two years because he's been paid in full. A lot of the cap money is because of the signing bonus, roster bonuses, that kind of stuff. But he's got $8 million left, $4 million a year for the next two years in salary. You want to give me $8 million bucks, and you mandate that I do nothing for that period of time but travel to Florida and Mexico to all-inclusive resorts and sit at home and watch Turner Classic Movies or ESPN? I'm the happiest guy in the world, right? Nick Foles, what the hell does he care? He's stuffing his pockets full of cash. And he's going to ride into the sunset having won a Super Bowl. He's got a Super Bowl ring, played in that Super Bowl, got a touchdown catch in that Super Bowl. Nick Foles is living a pretty damn good life whether he takes another snap at quarterback or not. Look, the Bears have been looking for a quarterback since the 40s, a starting quarterback. They gave Nick Foles a whole lot of money to be that guy, and then they recruited over the top. They signed Andy Dalton, and then they drafted Justin Fields. To the extent the Bears know what they're doing, and you can trust the Bears to do what they know to do correctly, you know what? Nick Foles can't play dead. And so, as a stopgap, as a tourniquet for the Colts in week one and maybe week two, it's just not worth it. It's not worth the, the ding you have to take from a salary cap perspective to get Nick Foles in here, get him coached up, get him familiar with the playbook, 
or kind of twist the playbook to fit Nick Foles, not worth it. Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger, I don't think they're going to win games as a starting quarterback against the Seahawks or the Rams either, but at least you're not paying through the nose to go get a guy who's going to lose you games, right? Let's say it cost you a sixth rounder to get Nick Foles and take on that contract, and then next year when you're trying to sign guys like Quentin Nelson to an extension, and all of a sudden you've got this $7.66 million, it doesn't sound like a lot against a $200 million salary cap, I get it, but still, that is a lot of cash for a guy you're going to get nothing out of. Maybe by then, uh, Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger are prepared to be backups, to come out of the field and lead a team somewhere other than oblivion. But now, no, and you saw it. You saw what these guys are. Eason throws a really, really nice ball, but he processes information slowly. And, and part of that, like the strip sack, had a guy today leave in a comment, and it's true, I checked it, 1.9 seconds for that defensive player to get to Carson, or not to Carson Wentz, but Jacob Eason. You know what? Okay. The guy, the offensive line was hot doo-doo yesterday. We know that. The left tackle situation until Eric Fisher is ready to play is a mess. Yes, correct. But you have got, and you saw what he did early. Jacob Eason through left, through left, through left, first read, left, first read, left, right? Because he's staring right at the left tackle and the right defensive end. So he sees that guy coming, and he knows what to do with the football. But once he gets beyond that initial read and looks over here, he's going to get his brains kicked in, and the Colts are going to lose the football, and they're going to lose football games. You saw what Ellinger can do, right? Ellinger threw a really, really nice ball to Black a deep ball to black. He doesn't have a terrible arm. It's just not a Jacob Eason arm. What he does have, feet to be able to move the sticks. And people who are being critical of Sam Ellinger saying, look, you can't do that against a first-team defense during the regular season. 100% right. I'm with you 100%. That interception he threw, you got to be better than that. You got to think better than that. I think Ellinger is going to be a guy who learns I think Eason has a fatal flaw in his hard drive that they're going to be hard-pressed to get over. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that Jacob Eason winds up playing in the NFL for a long time, makes a lot of money, and starts a lot of games successfully. But we know what happens with a a backup quarterback. We saw it twice with Jacoby Brissett. One of those years, they were paying him $15 million to be a backup, right? Luck retires, what happens? They don't have a winning record. They don't go to the playoffs. You weren't going to go to the playoffs with Jacoby Brissett. Why employ a quarterback? Let's say you could bring in, and the Colts have done this, so I don't know why this name pops into my head other than that, but Brian Hoyer. You go get Brian Hoyer. What's Brian Hoyer do for you? Maybe he wins you two or three more games than Jacob Eason would or Sam Ellinger would. What the hell good does that do? So you win seven games instead of four? You you just get a later first-round draft pick right? It doesn't make any sense. Bringing somebody in to be this much better than what they've already got is not worth the time, the trouble, or the lessening of that first round pick, that that uh, pick that may wind up going to the Eagles anyway. And that's what that trade was. That's what the conditional aspect of that trade was. And they know, Ballard knows, if, if Wentz doesn't play, it's curtains. So put in that 70% 
and going to the playoffs or 75% no playoffs or whatever it was as a condition for that first-round pick. Otherwise, it drops to a two because if you're in the top ten, that means that Carson Wentz didn't play, and you need that first-round draft pick maybe to go get a quarterback. That's the way it works. That's football. That's the National Football League. you got to be smart. Chris Ballard was smart. He didn't put himself in a jackpot where the Eagles would wind up fleecing the Colts for a number eight overall pick because Carson Wentz gets hurt. He didn't do that. He put him in a position where they're going to be able to keep that pick and give the Eagles a second rounder. Makes all kinds of sense. So what you've really got, you've got 13th or lower, right? And if you're higher than that, it means that Wentz didn't play 70 or 75% of the snaps and the Eagles then get a pick early in the second round. So really it's kind of a protected pick. They do it in the NBA all the time. This is just the way that the NFL does it, where you you mandate a condition, and because of that condition, either uh, you wind wind up giving up a draft pick in a certain neighborhood that doesn't, you know, gall you or wreck your franchise for the next five years because if you waste a first-rounder, that's what you're doing. You hurt your franchise for about five years. It takes five years to overcome those. So, and that's what happened. That's what happened to Grigson, right? Trent Richardson trade, gave up the first rounder, got Richardson. He didn't pan out, and it took about five years to recover from that. So, uh, interesting times for the Indianapolis Colts. And and it's going to be interesting this Saturday night as they take on the Minnesota Vikings and, and try to get, I hope this week is when they do it, Put together your starting unit to the extent you can. There will be no Quentin Nelson. I can't believe that Eric Fisher would ever be able to play at at this point. But if you've got Ryan Kelly, if you've got Glowinski, if you've got Braden Smith as center through right tackle, if you've got Jack Doyle to help out Sam Tevy or Julian Davenport or Will Holden or whoever it is, if you've got a guy to chip you can and, and Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, you can approximate what you're going to see on Sunday afternoons come September 12th and beyond. And that's going to be helpful. I don't know what you got out of yesterday, evaluating Ellinger or Eason. I don't think that the waters got clearer whatsoever. What you've got now, you've got a situation where maybe you did get clarity, but the clarity you got is, wow, we cannot win with these guys. These guys are much farther away from uh, being competitive starting quarterbacks in the NFL than we ever thought. Not so restricted or restrictive that you're going to go out and get a guy like Brian Hoyer because you're completely you're unable to compete at a a professional level right but you're going to have problems if you're the Indianapolis Colts and either Ellinger or Eason are a quarterback we expect to see uh, Ellinger kind of get the first reps this week and so we can compare a little bit more apples to apples but still you know with an offensive line in disarray and a defense that's not 100%. I, I don't really know how you can gauge where these guys are in that 28-18 or 21-18 score from yesterday. Absolutely zero importance whatsoever. So uh, the Pacers, as we speak, are playing their final summer league game. I love Chris Duarte, and I'm telling you, man, I've told you for the last four days, if if Malcolm Brogdon is not working his ass off and he is not doing what he has to do to report to camp as good as he can possibly report to camp, Chris Duarte is going to take minutes from Malcolm Brogdon. 
Chris Duarte, the game is not too fast for him, and I know it. it's a hard judge when you get to summer league basketball because you're not playing against anybody's best. You're not really playing against anybody's starters. But Chris Duarte looks like a guy who can compete at the highest level, and I'm looking forward to seeing him do it. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. Join me bright and early. We're like 7 o'clock, 7.30, somewhere in there. Can't wait to talk to you then. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry.